Looking for a graduation gift to inform, inspire, and encourage? When you give a subscription to Christianity Today, you're giving redemptive, relevant news and thoughtful balanced dialogue about the church, current issues, and public theology. Visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to get a discounted student subscription for the graduates in your life. Starting at only $2 per month, this gift will engage and grow their faith throughout the year. Click the link in the show notes or visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to order now. is the Church Law Podcast, where you can get practical solutions for today's leaders. I'm your host, Erika Cole, the church attorney. Welcome back to the Church Law Podcast. My name is Erika Cole, and I am the creator of the Church Attorney Legal Audit System, a proprietary process for denominations and churches to assess their health from a legal perspective. Download your free legal audit document checklist found in the show notes. And I'm happy to be your podcast host and super excited to have an amazing guest with me on today's episode. This season, our theme is strengthening your church for the long haul. So today, I'm thrilled to welcome to the Church Law Podcast, Nicole Martin. She is the Chief Impact Officer. Hey, Christianity Today, where she oversees their global initiative, the Big Tent Initiative for Expanding Diversity, and the Next Gen Initiative for Younger Generations. Nicole is also an adjunct instructor at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, a graduate of Vanderbilt University, Princeton Theological Seminary, and Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. Nicole is also an acclaimed author, Her books, Made to Lead, Empowering Women for Ministry, is an amazing leadership tool, and she also has a new book in the works that I hope we'll get a chance to talk about. Mm -hmm. She is married to her best friend, Dr. Mark Martin, and they have two beautiful daughters. Welcome to the Church Law Podcast, Nicole. Thank you so much, (laughs) Erika. It's so great to be with you. I'm so happy that you're here. I love the fact that we got a chance to connect a few weeks ago as we were Mm -hmm. talking about this episode and about ways that we might be able to work together around this huge theme of equipping and strengthening churches, especially Mm -hmm. young leaders and how we can really grow the next generation of leaders. So. I think I was telling you that recently I was with a group of pastors and church leaders and I asked them what they see as the greatest challenges in church today. And not surprisingly, one of the things that they said is with leadership. As data shows us, I think the Barna Group, Pew Research, a lot of great research is out there that shows us that leaders are aging in the church and fewer younger leaders are stepping into place. So it seems mm-hmm. that there are significant challenges with the theme of building the next generation of leaders. Do yeah. you see the same challenges? And if so, why don't you share a little bit about it? Absolutely. So the data that you referenced is very relevant. And it's an interesting kind of 
tale of two cities. On the one hand, we are looking at a significant leadership crisis in the church. There are not enough younger people raising their hands saying, yes, I want to do this. There aren't enough older people willing to hand over the reins in part. Many of them don't have retirement plan. And so they feel they have to continue in the pastorate until things work out financially. And another way a lot of boomer pastors talk about how the pastorate defines them. So there's a psychological pull to hold on to that role, that title, for fear that if they leave the church, if they hand it over to someone else, who and what will I be at that time? So that's one part of the story and it's very real. The other part of the story is we have a very, very dynamic, interesting, and highly motivated next generation. So that Barna study talks about Gen Z. Gen Z is more passionate than other generations. They are serious about the faith. They're serious about God, those who are. We know that trends are still declining with Christianity and church attendance, but by and large, younger people who are excited about Jesus are really excited. So the question about leadership has to be, What is it about the pastorate today that they're seeing that they're saying, no, this is not for me? Mm -hmm. Could it be that we've created models of pastoral leadership that are not sustainable for the next generation? The next generation doesn't want to be all things to all people. They don't want to get eight calls in the middle of the night because they're the only one to answer it. They want to serve Jesus in a way that's healthy, in a way that allows them to have good mental health, to care for their families, and also to thrive. So I think the burden is not just on how do we fill the leadership void. I think the burden is how do we create new models of leadership that are attractive for this highly passionate generation? Okay, Nicole, I have to say your answer was exactly what I was not expecting. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That rarely happens. I mean, in in some ways it is because the data that you reference about many faith leaders aging in place, I would say, Mm -hmm. Um, and that baton not being passed as freely as would be ideal, I think, Mm -hmm. from outside observers. But this is the part that, honestly, I didn't get. And that is that we do, this younger generation does want to be of service, but just... Absolutely. 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 Perfect example. There are lots of founder boomer churches. I mean, the baby boomer generation is the largest generation we've seen so far. And many of them started churches. Mm -hmm. But the changeover rate, the handover rate of boomers to hand off to the next generation is very, very small. So what you see is younger generations are coming up. And I was just talking to someone about this the other day. They were saying, I was trained in this church. I was trained in a founder-led church. I was ready. I was ready for the pastorate. I talked to my pastor in my 20s. I said, I'm ready. I talked to my pastor in my 30s. I said, I'm ready. By the time I'm 40, my pastor is still not ready. I now have to go and plant a church. Mm. And it's not necessarily an indictment, but it is a reality that we have this huge boomer generation that's trying to decide what do I do next? And we have up and coming leaders who are saying, I'm ready for the baton. But the question is, what kind of leadership are we passing on? What kind of models of leadership do we need? How do we support this multi-generational reality so that boomers feel like, yes, I have a place in the kingdom of God and I don't necessarily have to do this for the rest of my life. And younger generations feel like, yes, I can actually see myself in this and I can do it differently than you did. Wow, I absolutely love this. Yeah. So I'm immediately thinking about 
topics like succession planning, right? So I think yes, that this points to this very directly. We have an episode. We had Bishop Ralph Dennis. I don't know if you know him, but yes, I absolutely mm-hmm. loved what he shared. We had a fantastic interview. We'll plug that into the show notes. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea of succession planning is huge and will yeah. be... I'm excited that we'll get a chance to talk about this more at the yes. upcoming Church Compliance Conference. So we'll put Woo-hoo. a little plug in later on about that. But I also want to just make sure that we touch on... We've identified the issue. I think you've done an amazing job mm-hmm. outlining that. Wondering though, have we also considered ways that we mm-hmm. can bridge this gap, right? So yes. on the one mm-hmm. hand, we have, I love that example that you said, you know, the leader in, in his 20s said, you know, tap the shoulder of of his leader saying, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. 30s saying that I'm ready. And now in the 40s, like, okay, I've got to plant this church because I don't, I need to use the gifts and be in the position that God is leading me to be in. And honestly, I bet that most leaders who are listening to this can think of examples of people that they know in that similar role. I certainly know of many. But I'm wondering, what are your thoughts about how we address this growing chasm between Mm -hmm. the fact that the church needs leaders to come alongside and ultimately take the baton. And Mm -hmm. we also have this reluctance maybe among Mm -hmm. the baby boomer and maybe older generations to not be as willing, shall we say, Mm -hmm. to make that transition. Mm -hmm. How do you think we address this? Yeah. There's no silver bullet to address all things. You know, one of the joys and complexities of ministry is the fact that Every context is different. So, you know, this is why books on how to grow your church are both healthy and harmful because no church is exactly the same. For me, I would locate the center of change in models of leadership. I think we are way overdue for a new model of what it looks like to lead the kingdom of God, to lead God's people in this time. And I think this new model has to be based on a couple of really important principles. The first principle has to be authenticity and vulnerability. Going back to the Barna study, the Gen Z, the open generation, one of the things that stood out is that younger generations are looking for authenticity. Now, this kind of butts against a value of boomers, which is this value of a polished appeal. So boomers have been raised and and society has kind of shaped them to say, when you get to a certain place of leadership, you are there because you did the right things. But the next generation doesn't want to know all the things you did right. They Hmm. want to know what you did wrong. They want to hear you say, I have some sleepless nights. Sometimes I preach and I don't even know if I feel or sense or hear from God. They want to know how, not just how your marriage is so glorious. They want to know we had a big fight, but God brought us through. So I think this principle of authenticity is going to be key for boomers to embrace who they are in their brokenness and for younger generations to see a model of leadership that doesn't require perfection because Mm. younger people are not going to step into something if they feel like they've got to have it all together. They are more aware of their weaknesses and more aware of their brokenness and more aware of their need for Christ, which is a beautiful opportunity for a leadership model that embodies that. And I think the second principle has to be on balance. And when I say balance, I know that it's impossible for us to live perfectly balanced lives. No one is ever going to have 50% at work and 50% at home. At least that's not my experience. Yeah. But 
we can learn how to be fully present in some things without being fully identified by them. So what I mean is, in traditional roles of leadership, you see pastors giving their entire lives to ministry and in the background, their families are suffering. Or they give their entire lives to preaching and teaching and then you ask what they do for fun and they're like, uh, I don't know. Or you see the dark side, which is pastors who have given their all to ministry and on the dark side, they have addictions and they're struggling with depression and all of this dark life is flourishing because they don't have a balanced sense of presence. So I think a leadership model for tomorrow has to be, I am preaching when I can do that, but I'm going to easily call somebody else to preach if I am tired, or I'm going to show up and be present for the congregation when I can. But if my child has a need or a recital, I'm going to show up for them. And I think if we can give permission to older leaders to balance their lives, to live whole lives, they might see an off-ramp as an opportunity and not an indictment. And younger generations might say, maybe I can pastor and still, you know, have my business on the side, or maybe I can pastor and still have a healthy marriage. So, I mean, we could go on and on, but I think this principle of authenticity and a principle of really healthy balance so that we know what flourishing looks like will help tremendously as we think about new leaders. This is so good, Nicole. This is so good. Oh and who would say no to this? Like, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, who would say no to That's a right. life of balance and a life of authenticity, yes. which That's may right. I insert my own interpretation of authenticity as someone mm-hmm. who, I mean, I'm a lawyer, right? So we're trained. Mm-hmm. Everything has to be perfect. And I'm um, yes. type A on top of that. So I've had to work against my own yeah. need to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And my husband would say, I still have work to do, but you know, yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. But I love that. I think at the root of authenticity is also a certain amount of humility because yes. who is per- who Absolutely. amongst us is perfect? So Thank I think you. that there is a certain way of us leaning into the mm-hmm. reality that we're imperfect and that's okay. You know, we are servants. We're Mm -hmm. hopefully growing in our knowledge of Mm -hmm. God and the knowledge of the word and the implementation of it in our lives. But a part of it is being able to show the reality that we are also works in progress. Now, absolutely, I'm going to throw this in here, even though we don't have really a lot of time to wrestle with it. But yeah. my brain tells me that there can be too much of this quote unquote realness, right? Yes, so absolutely. I'm not a big TV person. I found that mm-hmm. our family didn't even have a TV until like my parents gave one to the kids over Christmas. But Anyway, that's great. So that's I'm great. not a big TV person at all, but I did happen to watch the Hillsong documentary recently. Mm, have you seen it? Yeah. Yes, I have. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there is a certain amount of realness that I think we want to be cautious about where, Absolutely. okay, we're not perfect. So therefore, I guess the scripture that comes to mind, shall we continue in sin that grace may That's abound, right. God forbid, right? That's right. I grew up with the King James Version. I'm sure there's a person that I could say that differently. But, but, you know, so I do think that there is this balance that maybe sometimes older leaders feel like younger leaders are a little too unpolished. Like I know that we've gone from the road to the jeans, right? From the bright light to the, you know, dimmer light. 
right? <laughs> some may say. Like I grew up in That's the right. day, like testimony service. I know that yes, we have me too. To like you know, we have three worship songs. So I know yeah. that there's a transition, but maybe there's also this balance on the other side of the older generations to say, well, yeah. can we keep more of the solemnity? Is that a word? Can we have more yeah. of the holy? nature yes, of what church absolutely. was in their generation. That's right. It's not only not unreasonable, but this is what discipleship looks like. So think about how boomers were discipled. They had something called Sunday school. For yes. our younger listeners, that was what happened before church. Yes. It was an hour or 90 minutes <laughs> and people got together to study the Bible before the sermon. So it never occurred to me that people were, may not know what Sunday school is. It's considered not always saying my, asked me that. my Sunday school teacher. <laughs> See, exactly. Somebody was like, wait, is that like an elementary school in the church? No, no, no. It's like church before church, but it was a small group and you got to ask questions. And you got to, you know, hear from people and somebody usually dominated, you know, but they were discipled. They had somebody. And when my dad, my dad was a pastor. When my dad came to his pastor and said, I think I'm called to preach. My dad's pastor said, come follow me as I follow Christ. Mm -hmm. And he became an apprentice of this man. You know, today, somebody said to me the other day, they were like, you know, I really feel like my mentor is T.D. Jakes. I said, oh, you know. Bishop Jakes? No, no, I've never met him, but I watch all of his sermons and I'm an e-member. So the idea of intimate, messy discipleship where you could tell all your stuff to a person is done. And now I have to put it out on social media. And now I don't know what my boundaries are with too much oversharing and TMI. Like they don't know because they didn't have a one-on-one discipleship experience. I absolutely love this discussion. I feel like we can talk for another like hour easily, <laughs> yes. but yeah. we have to land the plane here. I do want to say yeah. we are going to get to continue this discussion. I'm so happy, Nicole, that mm-hmm. you are going to be joining us at the Church Compliance Conference, which is mm-hmm. this September 21st in the Washington, yep. D.C. area. And we'll have other amazing leaders, including Nicole Martin. We'll also have some other folks from Christianity Today and Church Law and Tax, Mm -hmm. including Richard Hammer. People love hearing his Supreme Court update Mm -hmm. and other amazing discussions around how we can best equip the church today. We're talking about revival in the church, best practices Mm -hmm. for today and policies for tomorrow, really putting those plans in place. And so I just want to thank you so much for being with us today. I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to continuing this discussion in September. Thank you again, Nicole, for all that you do. Thank you, Erika. This was great. And thank you for listening. I'm happy to be your host, Erika Cole, the church attorney and creator of the Church Attorney Legal Audit System. That's my four-step proprietary system that helps churches and denominations assess their legal risk. Set the tone for integrity in your church and download your free legal audit document checklist using the link in the show notes below and learn more at erikacole.com. That's E-R-I-K-A-C-O-L-E.com. for listening. I'm happy to be your host, Erika Cole, the church attorney and creator of the Church Attorney Legal Audit System. 
my four-step proprietary process that helps churches and denominations assess their legal risk. Set the tone for integrity in your church and download your free copy of the Legal Audit Document Checklist using the link in the show notes below and learn more at erikacole.com. That's E-R-I-K-A-C-O-L-E.com. podcast is brought to you by Church Law and Tax, part of Christianity Today's podcast network. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that the host and the publisher are not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, or other professional services. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional person should be sought. Due to the nature of the U.S. legal system, laws and regulations constantly change. Listeners are encouraged to consult with legal counsel to verify the information provided here remains current. Visit churchlawandtax.com for more insights.